0: I speak of the loyalty placed
1: upon a noble brow. Hello, and welcome to episode twelve of the New Outriders Podcast. I am your host, Haland, and with me as always are my co hosts Roxanne and Les Arian. How are you guys doing today?
0: Great. And a big hell North to you, too, Tallow. Uh, doing good. Thanks,
1: guys. Our guest this week, we have many, many guests this week. I'll introduce the first. Uh, once again, we have Duke Tundra of the Star Wars, the Old Republic branch, making, I believe, his fourth appearance on the podcast. Uh, how are you doing, Tundra?
2: I'm uh, doing great. Excited to be here, as always. Thank uh, you, Thank you, thank you. I brought with me this evening uh, the Dungeon Masters group for Star Wars. We are uh, new, newly formed. I've uh, been reading, leading the raids. Uh, so we have Baron uh, Ravini with us tonight. How you doing all? Uh, freshly knighted Poxy.
3: Hey, thanks for having us.
2: And one of our newest newer, Squire Art
3: Good
4: evening.
0: Hey guys, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks, Roxy.
1: So... I'm going to ask uh, just a, a couple questions. Sandra, you've been in the guild for a long time now. Obviously, you're a duke. Um, were you part of the dungeon masters group in any of your previous
2: games? Uh, I was. It's, it's been several years now, uh, but back in EverQuest 2, uh, I was one of the the first few members in the uh, the dungeon group there. Uh, I like to uh, I hosted a lot of the uh, was it what was it called prismatic weapon uh, series. Uh, where you ran around killing all the different dungeons or un- all the different dragons within EverQuest uh, to get the ultimate level fifty weapons.
1: And Driv, you've been around a while too. Have you ever been part of a DMG?
5: No, I haven't. Uh, been in many games, but uh, no, not part of a DMG. This is a, actually the first time I'd ever heard of it when we started set this
1: one up. Wow, really. Now, Tundra, um, what led to your decision to actually form a DMG? Um, some branches have used it uh, to limited success. Um, others have not used it at all and still had great success when it comes to rating and group content and that kind of thing. Um, what, in your mind, uh, made you formalize the DMG for Star Wars?
4: Well, because I had
2: previously experienced it a little bit in the past and, uh, with all the upcoming changes that, uh, had been implemented this past week or two, um, the end game was, you know, totally changing. And I didn't feel like I could make all those decisions, uh, on my own. Uh, so I wanted to, uh, get, get the people that participate the most in the raids and really, uh, help, get them to help me answer questions and what their feelings on it all was. Uh, and also, uh, I had this recruit, Artuheed uh, that uh, was wanting to put together a, a progression nor group uh, of our most dedicated raiders. So I thought, you know, this is this probably the best time to maybe get, get this new group formed.
1: And did, um, over the last several months, you know, as the High Council works on the new charter, um... You know, it's been said openly before that, you know, at least a couple High Council members want to get rid of the DMG titles entirely because they appear to be redundant. Did that have any sway over your decision-making?
2: Uh, it may have, if I got that memo. Uh, I must have uh, not read those <laughs> HD notes. Um, but, you know, I pretty much uh, last and rocks, and everyone seems to give me free reign over there. Um, and I was back in the the heydays of EverQuest 2 when when we did raid a lot, and uh, you know the DMG seemed to really work well back at that time. So so yeah, I put it together. Uh, I'm probably the
6: the sole voice that was that was arguing for the removal of the DMG. Um, so you have me to blame. Um, but the compromise that we actually came up with was just removing. Removing the DMG as a codified element in the charter itself, we allowed the individual branches to decide if they wanted to form a DMG or grapes or whatever whatever group was was conducive to whatever activities that they were doing and was you know permissive and inclusive and and uh, enhance the enjoyment of the game. But we didn't. I guess like the idea was that we weren't actually spelling out the DMG explicitly in the charter.
0: Well, and um, I was with you too, last. I mean, some I have mixed feelings about it. But the thing is, the way the DMG started, it started as uh, a way to help other people with their quests. Uh, because the original game we were in, well, it had a lot of quests in it, and there was all kinds of things. So, you know, I think progressing it to um, a raid. Uh, group, raid organization, I think um, that might be the future of the DMG. Well, and where
1: we've run into problems with the DMG in the past leads into my next my next question, really. Um, being an officer in the guild and being a DMG member are two very different things, but many people who join the DMG across different games don't see that difference. Um, how are you balancing the expectations you have on your officers versus your DMG members?
4: Uh, sure.
2: Um, well, I mean, I definitely we, we send a lot of emails uh, back and forth, and so I, you know, have separate issues uh, for each for each group. Um, I mean, with my my officers, uh, I definitely, you know, encourage them to. Be more focused on, you know, recruiting, uh, you know, guild drama to discuss what to do next. You know, keep an eye on on guild chat to make sure everyone is uh, flowing and having a good time. Uh, whereas, you know, the the DMG um, they're going to be more focused on, you know, hosting events and um, you know, just attending and making sure everybody's geared up and and help help when they can. Uh, in the in the past, uh, before the DMG, you know, ever since I took office, I've always encouraged the officers, you know, to try to host more events and and uh, really have more interaction because I feel, you know, the most important thing about being in a guild is the guild is providing these events where we can all come together. Uh, otherwise, it's just a, a general chat and people are doing their own thing. Um, but I didn't really have a lot of excess, success in the past, where the officers were doing both, you know, maintaining the Guild Plus hosting events. um, And now with R2 expressing all of his interest, and, uh, and now I feel that it's not just one person hosting these events. Since there's a group of us, we can all kind of take turns and, you know, be there. Not necessarily all at once, but at least one of us will be there. The other thing is, is
5: that with our group, um, I, I have the advantage here that I'm also uh, an officer as well as part of the DMG. Um, but all of us bring uh, different um, advantages to the group. I know Tundra's been, you know, the the lead, the the push to do things and such like that. R2 has been very focused on a lot of the raiding type of of, uh, interests. Um, Poxy has been very much uh, focused on PvP up until he started joining us with the raids, so he brings a lot of knowledge in that regard. And myself, I have a lot of uh, knowledge as far as all the different classes across the the board. So if people have um, questions about strategy or... Uh, how to play a certain character, you know, t- type for for the raids and such like that. I c- I bring my knowledge in that regard. So we all have a, a lot of knowledge in our specific areas that we have, I guess, specialized in, and it it helps with uh, uh, bringing the groups
6: together. All right, a lot of uh, would-be DMG or raiding efforts uh, have ended uh, really before they began. Uh, mostly due to, to confrontation or, or, uh, you know, modes of contention between the individual members. How are you guys, uh, you guys finding that to be the case here? Or you, you find it's retractioning up, uh, I guess I would say negative competition, because there's good competition also, but, uh, are you having any issues with that at all? Or are you finding that, uh, that people are, are working together as a team pretty well?
2: Uh, so far, I think everybody, um, I mean all of us have really been raiding together for a long time. Uh, Poxy's probably the newest one in the group uh, to be raiding. Uh, I feel the loot system in Star Wars has been really nice. Uh, I don't feel we've ha- ever had a single issue where somebody is you know, I guess fighting over loot. And uh, as I said, we all bring a lot of different
5: strengths. its It's it's great hearing the ideas from the others, and and I don't necessarily try to contest anything in in what they say. And, and as far as I've seen, they haven't contested anything I've said. Um, a lot of times it's just understanding the other's perspective.
3: I, I think um, if I can pop in here for a sec, uh, this is Poxy. Um, as, as a newer member to the rating team and, um, of course, newer to the DMG and uh, – and now being an officer, um, I haven't noticed, uh, any of the, the, the typical negative things that you might find, uh, in a guild, uh, with, with, this group, um, and, you know, nor in general, I think, is, uh, is, is pretty good about that. Um, our branch, uh, with Star Wars, you know, just seems to run very easily, um, you know, Tundra's, uh, you know he's there to provide uh, choices and options for the group, uh, but there's never any one person that um, you know disrupts that or sort of pushes it out of the way. Everybody uh, is pretty easygoing and, and just trying to figure out you know what the what the best thing is to do. Um, I think that having a group like this is important because there's so many different options and choices uh, for things to do, Uh, you know, you kind of need a group to figure that out, uh, so the guild can have some sort of a direction and really begin to accomplish things in the game.
4: Uh, Argo, here, and just kind of building off what uh, Raveni said, we all really just complement each other in all the raids. Um, You know, Raveni being our main tank, Tundra being our healer, and then myself and Poxy being uh, DPS, we have you know, Pretty much the entire spectrum covered, and uh, it's easy for us to, to kind of work with each other if we, if we get stuck on something.
6: It seems pretty apparent to me that you're, you're some pretty easygoing guys, and I, I sort of feel like that kind of sets the tone for any team that you're going to put together, whether it be raiding or, or really any guild activity at all. And I I, 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 think you've already answered my next question, which was how did you create a positive team atmosphere and how do you sustain it. But I, I sort of feel like you've you've gone ahead and answered that already. So I'll move on to my next question.
2: Oh, uh, I would like to interject though on that. Yeah, one. please. Uh, well, just uh, I feel a few of the things that we do when we raid is that to keep things from getting frustrated, we really do try to have like a set end time and start time, so we're not you know, getting stuck on a boss and just hitting it over and over and over and, and wiping. Um, so, you know, we said, like, okay, 1130, we're going to call it quits. You know, if we're getting real close, we might go to to midnight. So I think that keeps a lot of people from being tired and frustrated because I remember some of the EQ2 days and we'd raid, like, five hours and, you know, people were, were definitely done. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the
5: other nice thing about Star Wars is that um, because the raids are set up the way they are, uh, if we get to a certain point um, and and people are getting tired and starting to get uh, at each other, I mean, it hasn't really happened yet, but we have the option of actually um, closing it off early in the week and going back to it because the lockouts allow us to start basically where where we had finished off.
0: My question is for the whole group, especially for the newer members like Poxy. Um, I'm assuming you've been in other guilds that have had a rating group like that. Um, do you think that um, establishing uh, personal relationships with each other, do you think that helps as far as, um, you know, being positive and and uh, with loot and things of that matter?
3: Yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, I think that, you know, the, the jacket creed in, in general um, lends itself to that, or at least it should. Um, my experience in Nor started in, in EverQuest 2, and, you know, I, I want to say that it was the same experience, at least for me, um, you know, there was probably a a little bit of a younger crowd uh, or at least a little more prevalent, uh, you know, back then. Um, You know, so you might have had a few people here and there that, you know, were kind of focused on themselves. But I think in general, uh, the members that we select in NOR tend to be, um, if not... uh, you know, age-wise, you know, more mature, uh, you know, mentally, uh, just a little more mature. And, you know, they, they tend to think about others uh, opposed to just thinking about themselves. So, I, I mean, that helps a lot, you know, the, the kind of folks that, that we bring in.
6: Well, well, I think very well said. I couldn't agree more. Yes.
0: And I apologize, Poxy. I, I, I guess I'm getting you mixed up with R2, R2-E-D. Yeah, yeah this R2 is, uh, is probably...
5: Arthur is probably the, the the youngest member of the group as far yeah. as uh, time in time and service, I
0: guess. Right. Gotcha. Sorry about that. My apologies.
3: Um actually Yeah, he was helping us out a lot even before he joined up with Noor. So.
6: I remember that. I remember seeing him posting in our forums. He was
4: a uh ally at the time, right? Yeah, this is uh, uh basically um I've played this game, this is the second longest I've played a game, uh, Star Wars Galaxies being the first. Uh, so this is actually really my first experience with any kind of, of uh, raiding group uh, and, and the whole endgame thing. Uh, I basically actually met Tundra through the forum, uh, started raiding with him. I was in a about an 8 to 10 member guild at the time. Uh started raiding with Tundra and... Uh, it just kind of escalated from there, I guess. Tundra stole you, basically. <laughs> but, I, but
2: I did not actively recruit him. <laughs> Bad Tundra. We just influenced
0: heavily. I,
1: I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Poaching is against the rules. Yeah, whatever.
0: But sometimes it, it produces really good results. I'm just saying. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'm not, I, I I don't mean to be glue about that. We really don't. We really try to not do that to other guilds
0: well yeah i'm just joking they know yeah
6: i, I would hope they know i'm just kidding around yeah all right now let me get to my next question here I, you know I'm, I'm coming from the standpoint of, of most of my rating experience being on warcraft and most of that experience being profoundly negative um late comers to the to the to the party you know you, you'll sort of have your pioneers in the rating scene i don't know if that's if you guys have found that to be true in Star Wars as well, you know you'll you'll get some intrepid explorers that are willing to risk their necks and their equipment um, to see what kind of progression they can make, and, and you'll actually start having some success. And then suddenly, you know, others will start seeing you guys having some some continued you know sustained success, and then suddenly now they're they're interested in in getting into the party. How do you um, how do you how do you integrate uh, people who are maybe maybe at first would have been reluctant to 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 make that sort of time commitment or or subject themselves to whatever you know conditions that they need to subject themselves to, or or have their gear reviewed, or whatever the circumstances might be. How do you uh, how do you bring in your new your new players?
2: Well, at the moment um, we're trying to alternate the the tiers of difficulty because there are you know four tiers, and of course not everyone can do the harder stuff yet. Uh, hell, we can't even do all the hard stuff yet, so. Instead of consistently doing what our top raiders are geared for, uh, we're alternating it. So, you know, Tuesday we'll try to do a, a beginner's night and get our alts uh, geared and the new people geared. And then Thursday we'll do, you know, a tougher night. So we have to be a little more strict on uh, who who can go to that. Um, you know, some weeks we'll do, you know, a part one and part two of a, a more difficult raid because we know we might not be able to get through it in one night. And I
5: know that the rest of us, including Tundra, um, are advertising regularly to to get people to join us on, like, hard-mode flashpoints and stuff like that so that they can start getting their gear up to the point where they can attend the, the raid nights. We want people to come. It's actually we're already talking about doing sixteen man raids instead of just eight man raids, so to to allow a greater experience uh, with more people and it'd be fantastic if we could get it as all no as the sixteen man raid i
4: Hope think um, I, I think Tundra allowing us to do uh two raid nights a week uh, really helped us a lot too
0: yeah, that would be great if y'all could get a sixteen man team going um yeah, that would be awesome.
2: Well, we have uh, two of them scheduled for this month, so uh, if you're listening, go uh, onto the Norboards and sign up because there's definitely room for for everyone.
6: Oh, you guys are making a stab at sixteen men this month.
2: Yeah, uh, I think I think maybe in yeah. two weeks and then the last week. Oh, yeah, well, in May. good luck. Yeah.
5: The the nice thing also is we have uh, two uh, other guilds that are willing to. Uh, help us out, fill out the numbers if we need them, Uh, even give us guidance on uh, pushing through some of these, which has helped us learn the the various areas and gotten us to the point where we can actually do uh, many of the lower-tier
3: raids on our own. Um, Foxy here. One of the good things about uh, Star Wars is that you know they've got it set up where you know you can run the full raid at the eight man. You can expand to the sixteen man, and if you're if you're down in gear, you know you can do some of the hard mode uh, flash points, and you can actually pick up pieces and and put together a a pretty viable uh, raid set of armor uh, in a short period of time. So you know even people that are freshly fifty you know, within a week or two, um, you know, they can hit the uh, the lower tier stuff that we're offering and also do the flash points on their own time and, and get geared up pretty quickly.
2: Yeah, so,
6: so it, it sounds fast. to me like the game's a little bit more forgiving as far as gear is concerned for requirements for ready. I don't mean that it's simple, of course, I wouldn't suggest that ever, but maybe it's just a bit, maybe if they just made it a, a notch easier for newer players or fresh 50s, as you say, to to kind of get into the game without having to struggle so much.
5: Well, the, the recent changes to uh, Star Wars with their uh, 2.0, um, with the uh, Hutt Cartel expansion, uh, has allowed people to start actually getting some of the higher-level gear that we were fighting for a long time and making it easier for people to get so that they can get into the higher-level raids as well. Uh, they, they reduced the um commendation system, the, the uh, things that you do the uh, raids to get to uh, um, buy some of the gear with the special money within the game uh, is easier to get. Uh, in fact, next week they're also removing some of the caps in order to allow people to do it uh, more frequently um, and be able to get that gear up
6: and and be able to participate, which is great. All right, my last question, I promise. Uh, and I apologize for continuing to refer back to, to raiding, but uh, we're rating on WoW. Uh, we, when we did the uh, last bit of experience I had in raiding was, um, and, and reluctantly I might add, uh, but the last experience we had in raiding on Warcraft was uh, was ICC shortly before, uh, shortly before the expansion. That was going to make all of it moot. So we decided to go in there just for, kind of for the giggle factor. Um, but what we did is we started with a kind of a very clear set of uh, guidelines, what we needed from people as far as roles, what they needed to have for gear, what we were going to need for spec, uh, and kind of a set of ground rules that applied to everybody as far as time and scheduling, um, what we were going to do with people who were late to the raid, and what we were going to do with people who were c- sort of consistently AFK, if that became a, a, nu- a nuisance or a problem. <laughs> and most importantly, their attitude um, I, I almost considered that to be paramount to, to really to anything else um, and I, I think you guys are sort of exemplifying that in even just how you're talking about how you work with each other and how you how you work with the other members and actually in a way sort of rating down or you know restraining or refraining from you know hardcore I don't mean hardcore but you know sort of the harder mode rating constantly so as to allow other members to you know, gear up and, and be available and, and be able to participate. So I, I guess my question is, is, did you did you take a similar approach to to rating when you first began planning this? Did you say to yourselves, all right, we're going to start at this time. If you're not there in 15 minutes, you give up your spot. You know that kind of thing. Did you have to be sort of, you know, did you have to be did you just corral people like that, or did you go about it differently? And if uh, if you had to start over again, if you had knowing what you know now, is there is there anything you would have done differently than you did?
2: Well, back in oh, probably October, maybe even before that, um, when we really started to start, start doing rates, uh, I did write up kind of like a, a basic rule guide, because uh, that's when I started the, the sign-up sheets, uh, so I wanted to make sure everyone, you know, knew, you know, as long as you sign up, you fit the gear requirements, you know, you, the spot is yours, but I also know, you know, at nine o'clock when we're already the zone in, you know, if someone's not go to show, it can take, you know, a half hour to fill that spot. So you know, I did put some stipulations in that little rule guide that you know, if you're not there five minutes after we're going to start actively trying to fill your spot and if you make it back before it's filled, then that's great. But otherwise, you know, expect not to to be in the group this week. Um, and, uh, you know, I wrote some basic loot rules as well because, you know, some people can be picky when it comes to looting. Uh, and one of the big reasons uh, I put together the the DGMG is because all these changes of two were happening happening and i didn't uh, i didn 't feel comfortable you know, making all the rules or continuing to I wanted to make sure other people had expressed you know their thoughts and what they wanted in these uh, guides think, and
6: Poxy, you're, you're i think he 's trying to talk but i 'm only
3: getting a thump on his mic. Well, I was kind of going back and forth. I, I had a couple of things that that came into my head, but um, you know, while Tundra was explaining how he had everything set up, you know, I, I was thinking back uh, also to to your original question about the um, uh, about uh, how did you get everybody on board and. I think that, um, you know, the group that we have is, is just really, uh, meshes well together. I mean, the, the, the chapter on, uh, Star Wars is just, uh, I mean, it, it's a big part of it, you know. Um, we have had a few people that have had trouble, uh, making their commitment, you know, once they sign on, and, and it can affect, you know, what we're able to do that night. Um, you know, but we've always, found other ways to utilize the time if we can't do the initial uh activity that we uh, uh that we planned you know we'll find another thing that we can do um you know we've got the other uh, alliances that we've formed uh, to fill spots uh when we need it and uh you know hopefully with the the increase in uh in activity and rating um You know, we'll see more folks that are interested in raiding that want to come on raids. And, uh, you know, it won't be a question about, uh, you know, whether we're able to do this eight-man. It will be, uh, you know, are we going to do an eight-man tonight or a 16-man.
5: And I think one of the other questions you asked about was uh, how we – Deal with the idea of Setting up specific roles For for people to be in And such And I think that it was I know that was a a big thing In in, uh, World of Warcraft Um, It was the one thing I hated about Raids in World of Warcraft But uh, it was In our case We try to uh, let people play the things They like to play Instead of telling them what they have to do Um, Especially when it comes to the gear uh, there are times when it's really hard to get a specific type of gear. Um, but, you know, we work around it and and try to make it more of an enjoyable experience instead of making it sound like a job. So, after all, this is a game. Um, if you're not having fun,
1: you're doing it wrong.
2: Indeed. Cheers.
1: All right, I think we'll put... Um, Star Wars on the back burner for just a couple of minutes before we come back to it. Tello. Yes?
0: Can you give me just one minute? I can. Thank you. I'll be right back.
3: I'm also going to take advantage of that. I'll be right back. See, look, AFKing
1: right in the middle of the raid.
3: <laughs> There's never one either.
6: One person uh, goes to AFK and suddenly it just, you know, eh. flies apart. It's
2: a good opportunity.
6: Well, I like everything I'm hearing, guys. I really do, and I got to tell you, I, I don't, I don't have any evidence of this, but I, I just believe that you know having some sort of options for players that allow some kind of endgame opportunity is just critical to growth, branch growth. You know, I mean, if if we're not touching it at all, if we're not approaching it, if we're not even getting anywhere near it, I think it's discouraging for you know for some members feeling like they're they're stuck, kind of in a dead end that they're never going to go where they would like to go in the game that they're, you know, playing in, and presumably they're paying for.
4: Uh, you
2: know, I agree. And when I was rambling earlier, uh, like I really feel if you're, if you're going to be in the guild and if it's going to be an active guild, you got to host events. I mean, you got to give people a reason to, to play together because, you know, they may not do it on their own
5: especially in guilds, because you, the, you are there to be a group, and the group needs to be working with one another. Um, you had also asked a question about uh, contention within the ranks, and I can tell you, at least from my perspective and, and Tundra also, is that if anybody started to uh, cause an issue in, in guild chat or, or with groups, we tended to try to take them offline, find out what's going on, um, and and try to resolve the issue. I mean, everybody came to Nor and everybody was accepted as squired within the the organization because they they tended to espouse the the values that we hold, and and uh, it's always a good idea to find out if there's something going on. The last thing we want to do is to try to remove somebody that uh, just doesn't fit anymore. But uh, we've done that too. You know, it's a necessary fact of life. But so far, I think we've had done a very good job at keeping everybody's interests, keeping everybody engaged, and just, in general, having fun. Well,
6: you guys are doing a tremendous job. There's no question about that.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree, you know. And making it fun, keeping it fun is work. But you got to do it, you know, because uh, things tend to fall apart if there's no fun element to it. That's just my opinion.
1: Okay, now I'm actually going to move on to news from the realms. Uh, DDO still nothing new about from Turbine. Um, they announced their next expansion pack a couple months ago, and since then they've been absolutely silent. Um, Lakasha has restarted Norse weekly questing group, so check the forums for that. Um, I think Turbine is in a bit of a tizzy with Neverwinter gaining in popularity. So we'll see what happens with DDO. I think you're right about that. Uh, EverQuest 2, update 66, includes the Siren's Grotto dungeon. Sony posted a nice behind-the-scenes making-of video for that on YouTube. Uh, There will be a link to that video in the show notes on the forum. Uh, We're skipping Star Wars this week for obvious reasons. Guild Wars 2, digital and digital deluxe are 30% off on the Guild Wars 2 official site until the 28th. Um, I nice. believe they run $50 normally, so 30% off is a number. That would um, be a
0: nice uh, late anniversary present for my Ziff. Yep.
1: It's still not free, but, you know, there's no subscription, so you got to pay something.
0: Right.
1: Uh, Rift, the Moonshade Pools Player Dimension, went live on April 19th. It costs 300 platinum to purchase, includes space for up to 250 items, and is expandable to a thousand. Uh, this is the first player dimension added to the game since dimensions went live with Storm Legion, I believe. Um, it's a very, very pretty dimension. It's got like waterfalls and it's all over the place. It's. I was going to say it's it's quite lovely to look at. Yeah, it's not as. Oh, I can't it's, write. it's not the size of the, you know, the Kerikloom that we have for the the guild dimension, but for a personal dimension, it's. Probably one of the better ones you can get in terms of visuals.
0: Nice. That's I encouraging can't like
6: also it. because they've been they've been saying all along that they were going to add additional dimensions, and then nothing happened. I think people were getting a little, like, oh, I, I wonder if we're getting these pulled or, or if they're
1: actually going to happen. Well, given that each dimension is it's really just a space within the game as it exists already, it shouldn't be that much of a development effort for them. Oh, I agree. Completely. So, yeah. yeah, it's nice to see that Absolutely. they've added. Absolutely.
0: In WoW, it's been kind of quiet lately um, within the um, quote-unquote branch that uh, Malkion has decided to try to rebuild. But um, there will be a live uh, World of Warcraft developer Q&A on Thursday, April the 25th. It's going to feature lead quest designer Dave Ko- Kozik, lead encounter designer Ian Hazakostitz. I know I'm mangling his name. Actually, you got his name right. Did I really? Oh, wow. Okay. Senior uh, PvP designer, Brian Holinka. Lead content designer, uh, Corey Stockton. And um, lead systems designer, Craig Street.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's basically the big five for WoW. Those guys haven't all been in the same place in a QA since uh, BlizzCon 2011. So...
0: Oh, wow, this is going to be good.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they'll be touching mostly on patch 5.3 and um, maybe giving some spoilers for the upcoming patch 5.4, which, I mean, 5.3 is not out yet, so 5.4 hasn't even been announced. Uh, Looking at some future games, Uh, Elder Scrolls is quiet this week. Uh, Neverwinter, the soft launch, is still set for April 30th. Tundra, do you know offhand
2: when early access is? Uh, yeah, the 25th and the 27th. And we've had several people in this past week uh, went ahead and bought uh, some founder packs, so they'll be on uh, early. So we've set up a, um, a 9 p.m. on the 27th, uh, a time to set up the guild uh, for the provisional branch, and that way we'll be ready to invite people throughout the upcoming the weeks. Awesome. Nice. Um,
1: and since the game is getting ready for its soft launch, producer Andy Velasquez um, has been hitting the media links. Um, big two-part interview with him on Massively. Links to that will be in the show notes as well. Um, Camelot Unchained, um, our NOR donation has been posted. Correct? Yes, Lass? Yes, it has. We are officially a backer of that Kickstarter campaign. All right, so... Awesome. Our, our, yeah, our Nord donation has been done. We're at the $600 guild tier. Uh, that will come with 10 copies of the game for nor obviously. Um, the, I believe, 7 backers we had get dibs on the first 7, assuming they stay in nor until the game is released. Right. Um, and then the last 3 I guess will go at uh, I think the High Council's discretion. How they want to distribute those. Ooh. Uh, considering that you know, the high council are the the, the trustees of the non and the non profit is who made the, the final donation and actually kick started the project. It's it, that's of course if it all makes, um and then the game won't be out for two plus years. So,
0: well, so they I'm sure They actually upgraded the package.
1: Um, did you do you see
6: the details about that, Tello? The discount on the subscription and also the number of beta's uh keys that they're gonna give to each backer? Did not see that one.
1: No. Oh,
0: it, wow.
6: It, I think it's going to be, I think it's been upgraded to four beta invites per backer. So that would be, you get 10 copies of the game, we basically have four to 40 beta invites to s-
1: spread around. Cool. <laughs> That's so a we whole can invite, like, yeah, or a couple smaller branches. Let's all go play Camelot and
0: and It's
6: like an entire duchy, basically, in one fell swoop. Hey!
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll figure out a way to determine who gets those. Um, the three copies of the game.
1: I imagine a couple contests sponsored by the podcast oh, yeah. and the newsletter to be in
0: order. Oh, that, guess, that sounds idea. like a good idea, yeah.
1: We'll see. We've got just a, a couple outstanding people still have to submit their money to NOR, um, but we'll get those squared away, and then <laughs> I'll, I'll write up a, a little FAQ and put it on the forum for everybody. Only two. There's only two people left that said that they were going to kick in that, that didn't have a chance to do it yet.
6: Well,
0: those two people should up. be beaten. Yes, one of they them,
6: should them should be taken out. The
1: witch hit it beaten. <laughs> one of them loves unicorns.
0: Hey, let's not name names now, but it's probably OJ. You know, he loves them. <laughs> of course I do, too, but, you know.
1: All right, let's get back to Star Wars. Um
0: Yeah. Star
1: Wars. First question is I guess for Tundra and Poxy. Um PvP night is a it's a thing now. Um it wasn't a thing before. Is were you planning on doing a PvP night before you started talking to Poxy about it, Tundra, or is this is this Poxy's baby?
4: Um
2: I I'm the one that suggested it to him, I think. Like I know for a long time I, I felt it was was needed and wanted. I mean, we don't have a huge concentration of PvPers, but we do have have a good handful that will play, you know, solo on their own uh, doing war zones. Um, and I, oh, as I said before, I really want to get more events uh, so that we all have uh, chances to participate and play and interact together. And with Poxy being one of those solo war zoners and him in the DMG, I kind of volunteered him so he'll give you some more info about that. Yeah, the
3: hang of it now is he. Yeah, it's um I think it's actually going to be a, a great thing for Nor um for the Star Wars branch of Nor because uh you know we've got a few players that are PvPers. peers. Um, most of our ranks are PvE flashpoint players, uh, ops raiders. Um you know myself. Uh, I had had uh, my initial experience in Star Wars was on a PvP server, and uh, I was on the on the dark side, um, leveled up a uh, a bounty hunter, and uh, did you know a lot of open world and also war zones. Uh, it you know it it brings another dimension to the game. Uh, it can be a lot of fun. Um, you know, and the main points, you know, behind a successful PvP run, uh, you know, being organized, uh, you know, having set groups, uh, you can tell the difference, you know, when you queue up for a war zone and, you know, you've got a whole team on the other side and they're all, you know, uh, you know, ready to rock and roll, they're on team speak, you know, they know what they're doing, uh, you know, they just, they roll right through, you um, you know, so being able to introduce some organized uh, PvP efforts and uh, just see what people like, you know, see if, if, if it sticks, you know, great. Um, you know, if it's something that, uh, you know, we try and, and it doesn't really work, um, so be it. You know, but I, giving it the go and, you know, trying to uh, introduce it to them, I think, is, uh, I mean, it's important. So
1: Now, is this going to be, like say you get four or eight or however many NOR members, you know, to queue in, is this going to be like a pre-made group curb stomping a random group on the other side? Or does Star Wars have it set up where you can play, you, where you can, you know, go into one of those war zones against another team um, of, you know, a full pre-made group?
3: Well, you, you never really know. Um, you know, everything is, uh, is queued up where you're just brought into the war zone. You have no idea, you know, where you're going to go or who you're going up against. Um, So, you know, we could be up against, uh, you know, an eight-man group with, uh, you know, four NOR members and four randoms. Uh, If we have a good turnout, you know, we could be the eight-man group going up against, uh, you know, eight random Imperials. And, uh, you know, it's... um, Honestly, you know, to be able to demonstrate, uh, success, uh, with the campaign, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, having a few nights, uh, of, you know, where we're figuring this out, uh, you know, going up against random groups because, uh, yeah, I think we've got the talent, uh, these guys that, you know, run the ops and they run the flashpoints, uh, you know, they, uh, they know how to target healers, you know, and, and do all the things that, a successful PvP group does, uh, you know, it adds a little bit more challenge uh, because you're not just going up against the computer. You're going up against somebody else on the other side that has, uh, you know, their own thoughts and actions, and uh, it just it, it brings it up a notch, I think.
0: Um, Tallow, are you going to be PvPing? Well,
1: see if I ever play again. Um, <laughs> oh, I, got to, yeah. I got to 50, and then I had a baby, and, you know. <laughs> We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I've discovered a love of PvPing, and I just couldn't imagine doing it in Star Wars. But Wait, has she ever. ever?
1: Oh my God,
0: I love I'm, it.
1: I have always been primarily a PvP. Um, going back to Ultima Online through you were Warcraft, a killer through, through Dark Age through Warcraft through whatever game I'm playing. Um, even in Guild Wars 2, even though I only got up to like level 40. Probably a third of my time in that game was spent in the world versus world. Um, PvP is is my thing, so I would prefer to do that. But I got to get up to to fifty five and figure out what I'm doing first. Um,
2: now they I, do a bolster, so like you come zone in at lower levels and you get bumped up. In, yeah, uh, strength. Every, everybody seems really. To,
1: it's true. Mm-hmm. They do they do that. Um. So there's no, basically you can queue for a war zone in Star Wars at this point, but there's basically only that one tier as far as it goes. It's you could, be, you could be put against a random, you could be put against a pre-made of eight. You really have no way to decide. They don't have a a separate group for randoms or, you know, full teams.
2: Uh, they do have some sort of uh, ranked PvP, which I believe are, are four-man groups, pre-made groups, but I'm not sure how that works.
3: Yeah, you you can queue up, um, but in general, you know, you you don't know really what you're going up against.
0: Well, I I have a question. Um, if you are a level, like I don't know, thirty eight or thirty nine, and que- you queue up, so it would bump you up to level fifty. Is that right?
5: Actually, they're uh, they've just changed all the tiers. It used to be that they would mm-hmm. bump you up to uh, forty nine. Because everybody that was lower than forty or lower than fifty was all in the same tier, and all the fifties were were in a fifty tier. Um, But it take all your skills and basically increase it. Now they've they've uh, changed it where the I don't remember exactly where the tiers are. epoxy. you may may know that since you do more of that. But um, they put you at the top of the tier so that everybody is the same, Uh, at least as far as as far as what your skills that you have can do um, that that said you only have the skills you trained so if right. um, if you would have trained some other skills of you know if you're at the bottom of the tier and there's some other <laughs> skills that you would have had you you wouldn't have those when you got up
0: I understand um, do, do you know if it affects the experience I mean do you get more experience for doing this or you know, is it just about the same as questing and all of that? Do you know?
3: It's uh, it's actually a, it's a pretty decent experience uh, and credits. Um, you know, each each war zone is, uh, I guess, like an average run would be about 15 minutes, and um, depending on your performance in the war zone, uh, you're gonna get uh, and, and whether you win or lose. Uh, your team wins or loses, uh, you're going to get uh, a proportionate amount of uh, experience, uh, commendations, and credits. And so, as far as um, as far as being able to uh, gear up uh, for more PvP gear, uh, as far as being able to gain levels and uh, also earn money, um, you know, the better you do, uh, and the better you personally do, I mean, it's all going to be uh, factored in there.
0: I say, well, I think that would be a really nice way for people that are trying to level characters to um, level up, because I know it's fun.
3: Yeah, I, I actually did a good bit of uh, of leveling with PvP. Um, what I would do typically is I would run through the PvE content, I, and I did a lot uh, solo. Um, I would run through the PvE, and uh, you know, every now and then I would find that I would get into a uh, just the PvP phase, and I would knock out, you know, five or six levels in PvP, and then have to kind of go back and do my PvE stuff. So, um, you know, and just keep that moving along and, you know, switching back and forth.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's nice at that point, because then when you go back to, to PvE and questing, really all you have to do is your class
2: quest. Yes, yeah, yeah. especially if you have alts, and you don't have to replay the planet quests. All right any other pvP questions well the uh, the big thing with the pvP uh, that happened this week is they uh, are basically removing the uh, expertise which was the pvp s- pvp specific uh trait so now players that have pvE gear or uh, have less restrictions if they want to participate in the
3: pvP to um to jump in on that the um they removed the expertise rating on the uh what was formerly the, the high end PvP gear, the war hero and the elite war hero sets. Um, they filled that in with main stat and secondary stats. Uh the they, they also changed the uh the mechanics behind the sets. Um, basically, they, they, they are still going to have an expertise rating on the PvP gear, uh, but your basic level full set is going to carry the same amount of expertise as the high end. The difference is that the main stat and the secondary stats are going to increase in relation to this set that you have, so... Uh, somebody that's got the top-end PVP gear, they're going to have the same amount of expertise. And, and to clarify, expertise is um, it's a stat that's put in specifically for PVP, uh, and it helps with uh, taking damage, healing, and uh, giving damage. So you know your three main areas uh, for survivability. Um, the 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 new. Uh, baseline gear, which is the partisan set, is going to have the same um, expertise rating as your high-end set, um, but your main stats are going to increase. That being said, uh, everybody sort of gets a reset. Um, You know, for somebody who has high-end PvE gear, you know, they can go into a PvP setting uh, without any expertise and still fare... Uh, well in that matchup um, earlier today, I actually ran a couple of war zones in strictly PVE gear and found that survivability uh, and damage output were both um, greater than than, you know, average uh, in both cases. So pretty cool stuff for, you know, opening the door to people that, you know, want to try that out.
5: And I know I've not been a big PVP'er in any games, um, especially after my experiences in in uh, World of Warcraft zones and when we were in Warhammer the RVR areas, um, even uh, in Rift doing their PVP. It's difficult, especially if you're doing it solo, because you're you're basically competing not only against the other team but against each other for the experience and such like that. I'm looking forward to actually trying the group PVP with this. I mean, the the PVPs are strictly eight-man versus eight-man type environments instead of, you know, a mass 20 people on both sides. So um, it sounds interesting. I, I'm willing to give it a try. And our PVP nights start next Monday. We're going to start it tonight, but we're here. So, <laughs> But uh, we're going to be starting our PVP nights next Monday night.
0: Well, I think you guys I have a blast. I really do. Um, and one thing, if there's anyone out there that is hesitant to try PvP because of, you know, other players that, you know, use profanity and are basically idiots, you just have to tur- tune that out because, you know, that's not going to do anything but upset you and make it not fun, so... You know, you just have to go into it with that kind of adi- attitude that you're not going to let others uh, dampen your fun.
6: I enjoy the profanity. Throwing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, that's just for me.
3: One other, uh, I guess, last thing that I wanted to say on the on the PvP uh, on the gearing is uh, that the gear gap um, they've, they've introduced when they did this reset, um, they introduced uh, some just some different uh, mechanics to it. Um, the gear gap between somebody who has the high-end um, PvP gear, let's just call it T4 or whatever, versus the T1 entry level, uh, you're not going to see that uh, that difference um, solely in the gear. Uh, you know, skill and ability uh, definitely has a lot to do with your survivability, and and that's really what they were going for with this reset is, you know, they, they didn't want you know, the the Zerg groups just to dominate, you know, they wanted to make it uh, enjoyable for people and, and not have it be something where, you know, ultimately people just walked away from it because they, they weren't able to get anything done and, and, you know, they just left with a, uh, a feeling of just being defeated, you know, they're, they're trying to open it up and make it so everybody can enjoy it, so.
0: Wow, that sounds great. Um, I might have to pop in there and try it out. Definitely, because
2: on the free-to-play accounts, you you get to do, uh, I don't know, a handful of PvP a week.
0: Yay! I could definitely do that.
2: All right, let's move
1: on from PvP to PvE. Obviously, the new expansion just came out, um, so there's some new tiers of gear. Um, question for myself, you know, I hit 50 right before the expansion came out and got my set of... Um, Taiwanese, you know, level 51 gear. Is that useless to me now?
2: It, it'll, it'll help you get through those, uh, those hard mode flashpoints. But basically they took the best gear in game, uh, you know, two weeks ago and made that the new starter gear. Uh, so everybody's running around in these level 61 and 63 and level 66 gear now, uh, which, at, at you know, two weeks ago was... Was the best you could get. You'd have to raid late night, and now they drop, like, five times per flashpoint.
1: (laughs) So now if, you know, you have on your schedule, um, on the 28th of May, you have uh, story mode Karagas Palace 16 player. Now that I have, you know, my Taiwanese gear and I'm level 50, I could sign up for that, theoretically.
2: Correct. Yeah, Yeah, and you'd you'd
5: be... You'd be getting the black hole level gear uh, coming out of that um, if they drop for you.
2: <laughs>
1: so you said that they took the old the old good stuff and made it the new starter gear. Uh, what does the new gear look like in the Hut Cartel?
2: Uh, well, as soon as I get some, I'll let you know. But no. <laughs> uh, so, so basically, you know, your character level is going to be maxed out at, at 55, but the gear keeps on going. Uh, all the way up to, I believe, level 72 now. Yeah, Tundra
5: actually had posted uh, what the gear looks like. Um, I can tell you that this, the, basically the tier one will give you uh, black hole level gear. Um, you can buy using your uh, classic comms. You can get uh, the Ricotta bonus version of that, uh, which is the campaign gear. Uh, going into Tier 2, you start getting up into the 63, uh, 66 um, groups of, of, of gear, which uh, is fairly easy to get uh, if you're attending at that level. Uh, to get the 69 and 72 sets, uh, which are the uh, Elite and Ultimate sets, um You actually have to participate in Tier 3 and 4, and we haven't gotten to that level yet. (laughs) Uh, I think we may be able to get to Tier 3 in the next couple months if we can get everybody uh, geared up, but the Tier 4 is is extreme. I'm not sure that we'll get there anytime soon. Uh, We may be pleasantly surprised to do it, but uh, it'll be a challenge.
1: Now, um, you know, the other thing people have to be aware of with their gear is, you know, once you get up into that raid tier, you've got to start stacking in your your augments. Um, Obviously, just questing, I haven't worried about augments yet. So, for me or anybody else like me, you know, what's the deal? Where where do we go to, you know, get the, the slots to add them to our gear? And then where do we find the augments to put in the slots?
5: Well, the level six um, slots, which you, which were the standard before, are actually fairly easy to get from other players, uh, the, the um, crafters within the group. The level nine, which is the highest now, um, those are a little bit more challenging because people are still trying to get into that uh, the higher level um, crafting. Uh, I know I've gotten my crafters up to the f- Uh, 450 level, which allows me to make the nines, but uh, you still got to do a lot of work to to get them. And getting the material, uh, the only place you can go to uh, harvest the material, other than using your crafters and sending them out on on missions to do it within the uh, the harvesting uh, trade skill. Uh, the only place you can get the stuff is on the keb, so you have to go out there and, and uh, um <laughs> find it and, and then harvest it before somebody else gets it. But uh, not too hard. I mean, everybody's going to have a challenge. We're still, the biggest thing we're having a challenge with is having enough um, slicers to give us the slice tech parts for the, the uh, level nine uh, Slots as well as the augments themselves.
1: Yeah, I I noticed that on my Synth Weaver, I can make the level 6 slots. But, you know, unlike everything else I've made that entire time, it requires parts from slicing. So I'm like, oh, i got to ask somebody for help. Or (laughs) buy
2: them. GTN, yeah, you can buy them. But I really want to just emphasize the importance of arguments, you know, all together, because it's a whole extra step some people may not even realize they have to do. But, you know, every custom piece of armor that you wear, or the, the rare purple stuff, you know, you have your, it's made up of, you know, an armor slot, an enhancement slot. Um, I, don't, I can't think of the other one. But you can add a fourth Lot. slot, mod, yeah, modification slot. So you can add this whole extra fourth slot, which is going to give you an extra 20 points, 30 points of stats. And when you multiply that by all 14 pieces of your gear, you know, this is an outrageously huge number. And, you know, prior to two months ago, we kind of were having a tough time in some of the, the harder zones. We were like, okay, we got... Why, why are we having such a difficulty time? So, we started looking at our Raiders' gears, and, you know, almost none of them had this extra argument slot. So, this past month, we've really focused on making all these, uh, kits that people can add to their, to their gear. And now that the new 2.0 is out, all those players are gonna need to, you know, upgrade eventually to, uh,
1: so going unaugmented would be the equivalent of war- in like Warcraft, not gemming or enchanting your gear.
4: Yeah, essentially. Just to uh, just to jump in here real quick, um, <clears throat> as a point of reference, the uh, the level six augments, which were the standard uh, at level fifty, the purple version gave you plus eighteen to your main stat and plus twelve to a secondary stat. Um, now these the new augments um i was able to uh reverse engineer one of them to a purple level uh this is a level 9 is uh 32 of the main stat and 20 of the secondary stat so that's a lot of uh, a lot of free stats for players and it can really boost your gear level
2: yeah so that's going from you know plus 30 stats to plus 50 per piece of gear and the augment specifically
5: is designed to uh, flesh out a piece of armor with um, specific stats you may need for your specific role. For example, my character, my my main raider is a uh, is a is a shadow tank, and um, her main stats she needs are the 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 uh, defense to mitigate damage. Um, and then her shielding and absorption in order to m- mitigate damage, extremely for a shadow tank. Um, but you know, you get other things. There's, those specifically get, uh, if I remember right, power as the as the secondary that they they provide. So, but it, it helps you to customize your characters a little bit more um, in the way you think you need to play.
3: The um, to. The- Jump in on this here the, um, the, the real bottleneck that I've found Has been the, the armor kits um, There is a, a Change that's going to be taking place This week um, where they're going to be Lowering the cost of producing um, the ar- Essentially Lowering the, uh, uh, the Resources needed to Produce the armor that you Tear apart in order to get the other Components to make uh, These armoring kits um, I've had my crafters working for about, I mean, since, really since the expansion came out, um, uh, on the tier nine stuff, I've had them, you know, working for about a week now straight and, um, you know, every time I get on and I've produced about, uh, six of these, uh, augmentation kits, you know, just not working around the clock. It's just, you know, for the couple hours I'm on, I send them out they're doing their thing, um, you know, That that's, um, that's really the bottleneck. But that should open up here in the next uh, week or so as the requirements are lessened and as more people fill out all of their armor slots or all of their armor pieces with augment slots, um, they can then start providing the excess to people that, might not craft this. So, um, you know, I know that I'm producing them. Um, Riv, you've got the ability to produce them. Uh, Tundra, um, you also have the ability, right?
2: I can make the MK kits, but I cannot make augments. Yeah, I can make MK
5: kits and I can make augments, but I also have the advantage. I have six characters that are up at level 50-plus, so...
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I, I think that as a group we should be able to start producing the MK kits, um, you know, pretty, pretty soon we should be able to start putting those in the bank. Um, making the actual augments themselves is, is not really hard at all. Um, you know, you're talking about a, you know, a, a couple of, uh, crafting pieces, uh, you know, to put one of those together in about 15 minutes worth of time. Um, you know, versus having to reverse engineer a whole bunch of material. Um, the uh, and I believe it was uh, R two that had said it earlier. The the um, the difference between the old level fifty purple and the new stuff is huge. Um, the cost of the slicing material is probably the most prohibitive. Uh, but even going on the blues, which is the um, uh, I guess the second best tier of augment. If you were to look at it that way, uh, the slicing components for the blue augments are very available and affordable. And so, for about four thousand credits, you know you can get the uh, the rare component for the blue augments, and they're uh, at least ten stat points higher than the old level fifty stuff.
5: Yeah, the uh, blues are fairly easy. That the slicers can actually pump out or get the uh, uh, blue components. Uh, they're the basic for when they're going out and sending their characters out on the missions. But with the purples, the purples are fairly rare. Even when you're doing uh, rich yield type missions, um, it's still, you know, a, a, a crapshoot whether you actually get even one to pop out. That's the hardest thing about the purple arguments is getting those purple purple slicing components. If you're harvesting or trying to do the missions to get them yourself, the uh, and you said it exactly that the the parts that you get from re-engineering pieces of of armor that you create or weapons or whatever are the hardest thing for the actual MK kits because you have to prov- at this moment in time you have to craft 10 things, and then re-engineer all those 10 things to get those those um, MK uh, parts to to make the aug- augment slots. And <laughs> that can be quite expensive, just trying to get that, because you have so many resources you have to to get to make those 10 parts, and then you have to re- uh, re-engineer them to break them down. So it, it's a challenge. We're getting there, though.
3: It, uh, it should be better this week with that expand the 2.1. Um, the same time that they've removed that cap for the accommodations, they're also going to be rolling that out, too. So we're looking forward to that for sure.
0: All
1: right. Um, looking at your, your raid roster on the wiki, um, looks like you have 17 characters that are Tier 1 ready, not including the seven that are Tier 2 ready. Um, obviously, some players have more than one character on this list. Gillen's got a couple. R two's got a couple. Burley's got a couple. Um, you and know, I got a mass. Yeah, Ravani's got all of them. Um, so when it comes to like you know getting on the the list, is that something someone just needs to let you one of you guys know? Hey, I've got all the requirements. Put me on the list, or um, how would your how would your members get added if they're not there now?
4: Uh, that, that's a great question, and I really wanted to
2: point out that it'd be great if if our members could uh, stop by the uh, the NorWiki page and kind of take a glance of of where they want to go. Like, you know, if they are rating the easy tier one and they want to know what to do to get to tier two, um, hopefully I've made it we've made it clear enough that they can glance and say, okay, I need to focus on getting all my stuff at this particular level. And once they feel that they have reached that, just, you know, shout out to any of uh, of the DMG members to, hey, can you glance at my armor and make sure, you know, everything is good. And then we can update it. Uh, we all have access to the wiki. And uh, a lot of this, I think, is a little bit outdated. Uh, most of these, uh, I kind of reset to Tier 1 when 2.0 came out. Um, and everybody's been leveling so hard this last couple of weeks, I am sure more are Tier 2 and maybe even Tier 3 ready. Yeah,
5: because Tier 2 only requires the 60, 61 armor to actually get into, so it's actually very easy to get the Black Hole and dread guard. I mean, uh, not dread guard, the Black Hole and the uh, campaign armors. So, and especially after uh, 2.0 came out, People's armor is changing on a regular basis. It's, it's actually hard to keep up with them, so we we have to trust that people can, can judge for themselves to an extent and then just come to us for recommendations, uh, review, stuff like that.
2: But, yeah, I, I bet most of them are Tier 2 ready because... Um yeah, really most of that is just having the fairly decent gear from before the patch. Um, just making sure we have arguments and and are ready to sign up, because there are a lot of spots on the on the boards.
1: No, I see that you've got the Empire raid roster on here as well. Um, have you actually started scheduling Sith side raids yet?
2: We have not. Uh, we've had a lot of requests uh, recently to do so, and... By getting um, people on this raid roster, we can get a better idea of how many NOR we have that are ready. Because as soon as we can get, you know, four or five NOR ready, we can start, you know, scheduling events. Um, you know, I don't even mind having one of the Thursdays once or twice a month, uh, you know, dedicated to the Empire Raiding, as long as we have enough interest. Uh, at the moment, I just don't know how many 50s and how many are interested so hopefully, by signing up on the on the raid roster here, we can get a better idea.
5: Yeah, the last time I looked at the the roster there, there were only about uh, three or four regular players that had fifties that were uh, that I thought might be able to go. Um, and however, we've had a couple people also join uh, and add in their fifties. R two being one of them, <laughs> but. Uh, I, I think we can do it uh, fairly soon. It's just uh, it's more of getting people over there and, and having the interest to do it. So um, it would be nice to to have a change of pace and, and work on both sides.
1: So now, I mean, there's there's four tiers, and you know, obviously, at, at some point you'd probably like to get up to tier four, but. I mean, what are your what are your goals for for rating and for the DMG? I mean, you've got all the events on the schedule. Are you just really looking to give people something to do, and you know that little bit of progression, or is you know a, is your end game goal here? You want to get to tier four, and you want to beat the game essentially.
2: Well, of course, the end goal is to beat the game, uh, but you know we're doing it at our our nor pace. Uh, and by alternating, you know, the, the difficulty levels each week, uh, maybe we can definitely get the handful of the most dedicated players to, uh, to Tier 3 and Tier 4, you know, to make it easier for, for everyone else. Um, but, yeah, that's the, the Tier 3, I think, you know, we have at least one scheduled for towards the end of the month, uh, and hopefully next month we'll be able to, to do two or three times, if not more.
5: Yeah, because we've actually gotten through um, all three of the Tier 2, which are the hard modes uh, for Eternity Vault and Karagas Palace, and the uh, uh, story mode for uh, Explosive Conflict, which is what we just did this past week. We just uh, just completed that one. Um, so it'd be, I mean, it's doable, but I also don't, feel that it's proper nor to, to get into a rating type guild mentality um, in order to get there in short order. So, you know, we need to take our time and, and walk our way up. At least in, in my own Opinion.
1: (laughs) Do you anticipate, I mean, I know you want to keep doing lower ones so that people can get, you know, geared up or they can participate, but given the the very, very low requirements for it, do you think that eventually you'll just drop Tier 1 from the schedule altogether?
2: Uh, I think so, yeah. Um, Because uh, originally I think I scheduled Tier 2 only uh, for this, this month, and because we, we are kind of flying right through them. Well, I mean, for me,
1: your only Tier 1s are the two 16 players you have scheduled. Right, and
2: that's because
1: it's something new. We haven't done a 16-man yet.
5: So uh, we wanted to cut our teeth on, on uh, Tier 1 instead of, you know, going all out, go for Tier 2 at 16-man. We're not sure exactly how that's going to change. The effect, most of the time, 16-mans just basically increase the hit points of the targets. But uh, that doesn't mean that that's what they did for for these operations. So we want to basically get an idea of what that means.
2: And R two, do you have any uh, goals for us? Because uh, I know one of your big focus is for us to be, you know, very progressive. Yeah, that's.
4: Uh, I mean, that's definitely. I'm sure just about everybody's goal. Uh, the 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 big uh, the big thing is, you know, in keeping with the way that NOR does things. Um, we don't want to push it too hard uh, and we don't want to get to the point where we require people to have certain gear and to spend their entire online time grinding out for certain types of gear and you know it it kind of takes the fun out of it but um you know like personally myself um I push myself to 55 the second day uh, but I have a lot more time than in game than a lot of other people and you know, some of my goals are maybe a little bit different. The ways that I have fun are a little bit different. But, uh, overall, you know, we just want to make sure that we're not pushing anybody to do anything they don't want to do.
2: Definitely. And, um, never mind, I lost my thought. Alright, we'll
1: and then you've got guides up for all of the different raids on the wiki.
2: Uh, we do, and the wiki's been great, uh, because we'll be able to edit those as we, uh, develop new strategies and, uh, find new things that work because, you know, these originally come piece by piece from various other write-ups, and then once we experience it for ourselves, we are able to go in there and tweak it to to our own style. Awesome.
1: Everybody should be using the wiki.
3: Um, If you're not, you're not doing it right.
1: (laughs) I'm still
6: amazed people are as interested in that as they are.
3: I think it's great, you know, just to have all that stuff there as a resource. Um, You know, a lot of times when we're playing games, you know, we're always we're looking to other sites and other people that, that sort of put this stuff down um, and record it. And for the amount of time that NOR spends in games um, and the amount of members they have across different uh, realms, uh, to be able to have something uh, down uh, for how we do things, uh, particular fights and, and progression, it just it just makes sense to have it there, I think. I think it's great.
5: It also gave a, a great resource. And I remember when I first joined uh, NOR and you went through and you started looking at all the different documents that you had available with the wiki, you have such a much more greatly expanded um, ability to communicate the different things about, the guild itself, about the the players that are in the guild, about the uh, the the activities within each of the different realms. It's it's so more uh, much more expansive and probably easier to navigate than going to the documents on the on the Nor website or going trying to find a specific thing within the uh, within the uh, uh, forums.
1: Forums. <laughs> so now you're all Star Wars raiders. Um, what is your favorite boss of all the boss fights you've done so far?
4: Uh, um, I actually, uh, enjoyed the minefield in, uh, Explosive Conflict when we ran it the other day. That was, uh, it was a, it was a cool puzzle. It was a little bit of a change of pace.
5: Yeah, I was the one that had to play minefield, so it, it was definitely different. Um, and it was, uh... It was uh, quite the quite the challenge because I was the one that I was actually doing the puzzle. The guys were just moving their way forward and, and clearing the mines as necessary. So it was uh, quite a, a different change of pace. Um, but it, it's hard to come up with a, the the right you know which boss was best in, in the different areas. It's uh, at least for me.
2: I don't know. I think one of my favorites is going to be the the puzzle boss from Terra from Beyond where you get uh digital ties like drawn and uh thrown into the uh the computer.
5: I've only done that one once. So it, it's it's hard to remember that one. I mean, I I liked all of Terra from Beyond um it's it's quite a challenge going through some of the different things in that particular one, but they've moved that up to tier three. So I'm curious
2: as to how that's changed. Well, I definitely think we should uh, schedule one next month sometime, and we will see firsthand. Which well,
3: I
4: suppose we haven't heard from Poxy and R2 yet. Wow, I well, like
3: it was go on R2.
4: No, I was uh, I called out the uh, minefield in uh, EC. Yes you did, sorry. I,
3: I like the just the sheer diversity with all the different types of boss fights that you have. Um, you know, talking about the uh explosive conflict, you know, we you, you you go from uh uh you know a, a double boss fight to uh to another double boss fight with uh with tanks and then you've got a um you know, a, a minesweeper activity where you've got to have one guy up on the you know, uh, basically on like the battleship board trying to, or the minesweeper board trying to figure out, you know uh, what we need to do And uh, the, the level of communication um, I think that they've just They've come so far from uh, You know the first MMOs Where it's all just about hit points And, and, uh, and uh, throwbacks It's uh, You know I, I'm, I'm constantly being uh, Being surprised by uh, Different mechanics that get introduced into the game So it's uh, Keep you on your toes it's a lot of fun
5: That's the other thing uh, uh, Poxy just mentioned uh, communication. If you're going to be raiding with the group, the one thing that I is an absolute must is people need to have access to TS to Teamspeak three, because if we have to type out the instructions for some of these fights, um, it can be a long drawn out process in order to do it. Because these are these boss fights are not straight tank and spank type fights. They are they are um, a whole bunch of different Things you've got to do right or you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt in, a, in an extreme hurry. And if you start having people drop like flies in the in the group, it becomes seriously untenable to try to take down these bosses. So if you, you know, one thing I can say to the players out there, if you are planning on coming up and raiding with us, um, we welcome you. Uh, absolutely. Come, come and join us. But make sure you have TeamSpeak downloaded and set up on your computer.
2: Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of audio cues and stuff.
1: I remember in, the, in Warcraft just a ridiculous amount of macros set up for each boss in Karazhan. Last probably remembers that.
5: Yeah, in, in some of the fights, when you have to switch tanks and basically... Uh, have to try to do it typing while you're trying to, to manipulate the keys in, in everything you do. It's not like um, EQ where you have an auto attack. Everything you do, it has um, done by a punch of a key. So you can't be typing to, to the group in the middle of that. So, yeah, the audio cues, as is, is, Tundra said, is an absolute must. You have to have TS3 in order to uh, come with us. Otherwise, it, can, it it's been done, but it's a difficult fight If you don't know the fights already
3: One of the um, One of the things that uh, That I love about uh, the, You know, you look at like SOA for example you, you don't just have you Against the boss, you've got You know, you against the environment that the boss Is in, you know, you've got uh, Stairs, or not stairs, but platforms That you need to navigate down And, you know, if if, if you don't hit the mark And you don't jump uh, you know, when you need to, uh, if you're not there and paying attention, I mean, the floor falls out from under you, and you can die just as easily uh, from the floor uh, as you can from, you know, the boss uh, raging on you, so...
5: Yeah, and we're going to, uh, for that particular fight, we're telling you, stop, we need to do an area heal real quick, or you're going to die jumping off the next platform. So, you you still need to be able to to understand what's going on, so...
2: And that boss is my pick for most annoying boss. Not the boss itself, but the stairs. The dreaded Soa stairs. I don't know how <laughs> many wipes over the course of the past year we've encountered.
1: So so what boss would you say has been the most difficult for you as a group um, mechanically? Not necessarily like, you know, you get to a boss and you just don't have enough DPS to clear it or something. But mechanically, which one has been the toughest for the group?
2: Right.
5: Kephas the Undying.
2: Yeah, it, we really just haven't had enough practice on that particular, bits. but he, right now he is probably our our most challenged, uncompleted boss that we've gotten.
1: And that's the fourth boss in Terror from Beyond. That's, that's correct. the
2: second-to-last one, yeah. But for the longest of time, I think it was the Soa Stairs. You have to not navigate them but once, but twice.
1: <laughs> and have you run into, like, um, just like a gear check boss where... You, know, you just didn't have like a, a DPS enough DPS to kill him before like the you know rage timer went off
5: in the um, operations. No, the I mean Kefas the Undying is obviously a gear check for us because we still haven't been able to get past him. But I think the we did the uh, level fifty five hard mode the other day of Hammer Station and we went for the bonus boss on that one, and we tried I think. Probably a half dozen times to try to take the bonus boss down, and we just we couldn't even get that thing down ten percent he was he was wiping
1: the whole group out very quickly brutal what was going wrong? Is he just that strong? Yeah, he was pounding us <laughs> he gets like yeah. a free train
2: so, uh, well, so people the. Max- So in that instance, I guess, gear check is, you couldn't DPS them fast enough, or you just didn't have the the endurance to to take its hits? I'm not sure what that thing takes to take it down. (laughs)
3: I'm I'm calling it a bug.
5: Yeah, there you go. It may have been a bug that day. Um, We were having all kinds of bugs that day. Getting to the final boss, the final boss killed us like four times, and that boss is not all that hard. So it may have been a bug within the system, but
3: it was just
5: bad we did athos the other day as well and we did the bonus boss it took us a little while to get through it but we we finally did it with no deaths it was it was uh it was a very interesting fight so
3: yeah with them with you know with uh with the engineers you know uh, redoing these fights i mean yeah, i'm sure there are some things that are that are hit and miss um you know that uh that bonus boss on hammer station is I mean, that is probably the hardest, uh, you, you know, for something that is appropriate for our level. I mean, that is a level-appropriate fight for us. Uh, it's a gear-appropriate fight. Um, everybody that was in the party uh, definitely had what would be expected to do that. And, in fact, we've done several um, 55 hard mode, uh, you know, uh, flashpoints uh, without without problem, you know, start to finish. Um and uh so i i don't know if that was uh you know an abnormality or um, if he just really is that tough but uh, or if it's a you know a misengineering but uh, definitely a rough one so if you're you're heading there uh, you know bring some coin for uh, for repair bills for sure
5: yeah try it a couple times see what you can do maybe maybe it was just us and and there was a bug that was causing it that that he was just hitting way too hard, and and we couldn't hit him worth beans. I don't know, but um, maybe uh, our you
1: DMG know. is just a bunch of wusses. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we
3: well, had, uh, I
5: mean, if if you look on the forums, I did post a, a a picture of us when we we were taking the just before we took down the bonus boss for Lost Island. Um, uh, it was uh, that was a fun night, but uh, uh, we do work very well together. It, I mean, it was great that we have uh, among us that we're a a rating part. I mean, a, a a group all into ourselves because we have the proper roles. But uh, uh, we do work well together. It's it's it had nothing to do with us.
1: <laughs> all right, uh, Roxy and Last, do you have any more questions about Star Wars DMG rating? No, I answer, I asked and, and all of my questions were answered.
0: Same here. I've just enjoyed hearing about um, what's going on.
1: All right. Do you guys have anything else you want
2: to add? Nope, I'm good.
1: I think I've talked too much.
2: <laughs> no, no, never not at all.
3: Nope.
2: It's a talk show. You're supposed to talk a lot.
6: That's right. You're supposed to talk. It's the whole point.
3: Well I I'd just like to say thanks for having us on. Um, you know, I enjoy the game a lot. Uh the people that I play with is is the reason why I, I believe I enjoy it as much as I do and uh you know, um from you know my first time you know joining up with more uh till now, you know, I've just had nothing but good experiences. So uh anybody else listening to it, um, you know, we're there, we're playing, um you know, come on in and you know if you ever need anything, uh, you know where to find us. So.
0: Yeah, that all sounds right. good, and I'll definitely uh, take you up on that offer. I haven't played uh, Star Wars in quite a while.
1: All right, Realm Events, DDO, Star Wars, Rift, and Guild Wars 2 all have Realm Events on the calendar. As always, you can subscribe to the calendar on your smartphone um, just by joining the Google Calendar. Instructions are on the forum, thanks to Tundra. The next glue will be in Neverwinter. On May 10th to the 12th, uh, Neverwinter will basically be a brand new game at that point. So this glue will either be amazing or a giant cluster, F. (laughs) Um, There will be no (laughs) in-between. Isn't that right, Tundra?
2: Yeah, it's going to be packed. Do you have any idea how how many NOR members we've got that are planning on being there? Um... I know, I think, three more people bought founder packs this week. Um, I'm sure the the eight that have been alpha testing will will be there for a little while. Um, Oh, is that
6: many alpha testing?
2: Yep, uh, update. We've never had that many on simultaneously, but but they all have access, and they've all made it online a few times. Um, And then probably another 10 or so that have expressed some interest. So, I mean, at least 20. During that first few weeks of while it's new. And then uh, we'll have those early glue arrivals, I'm sure. So that could be another good handful. Alright.
0: right. Uh, Tundra, do you know if they're still selling the founder packs? Uh,
2: They are. Um, I'm not sure what the cutoff date is on that, but uh, they are still selling them. Um, You get the Elestial Diamonds uh, with that, which is basically buying, you know, in-game cash. uh, Right. And then you get to the three days extra uh, game time, or more, if you if you have a lot of money. The early access.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw the prices of the, the higher levels. Wow. Yeah.
2: But at this point, the 30th is, is just around the corner, so so no rush to go yep. out and spend more money. Uh, That's right. It'll be here soon.
1: All right. Uh, squirings and promotions. We've got three from Guild Wars 2 and three from Star Wars. Uh, Guild Wars 2, Squire Numa. New to the guild, welcome. Uh, Baron Alzadel and Baroness Bettany. Um, awesome. I believe two weeks ago when we, did, we were on, we announced them both being champion. So, Sayala and Bettany? I think so. I think Sayela has I uh, clearly identified the leaders of her branch. Yes. And gotten them into the positions they need to be in.
0: I think well, that's
1: virtually a foregone conclusion on that score, though. Yes. Yes.
0: I'm um, sure that... Um, you know, Ciela has taken her time with choosing her officers, and I think she's made a wonderful choice. So congratulations to you guys.
1: Baron is, of course, the worst rank. No, I'm kidding.
0: Uh, <laughs> Baron <laughs> is, is not.
1: Baron is the best officer rank. Baron yes, is the best is. officer rank. So congratulations, all Zadel and Bettany. Star Wars, two squires, uh, Holly CNY and Skylith. So welcome to NOR for both of them. And you are uh, among us now. And we've got some night Poxy.
0: Yay uh,
1: freshly de-eared.
0: Congratulations, Poxy. Is he still here or did they leave?
3: Oh he's still, still here. I'm oh, still here. Okay. Um, okay. Th- thank you guys. Not not expecting it at all. Um they actually uh thunder did that when we were in the middle of uh, running Lost Island. So
0: Awesome.
3: Kinda caught me unawares.
0: <sighs> That's great. Um moving on to the birthdays. I'm going to take this, uh, tallow if you don't mind. Um, I see on our birthday list that we've got, uh, three unicorns that I know of. Uh, Zara no. is turning 19. Don't laugh. Um, OJ is turning 24, and I believe today is his birthday.
6: It is, yes.
0: Um, Arizon is turning 32. Ryland will be t- turning 38, and our very own uh, unicorn knight, Lakasha, is turning 41. So, happy birthday, guys.
1: So, who are your three unicorns in there?
0: Lakasha, OJ, and Sierra.
1: Sierra is a griffin. Sierra is a griffin. No. Yes, yes. No. I'm, I'm sure. I'm glad you don't read the the podcast feedback because you called her a unicorn last time, and she responded to that post saying she's a griffin. And I'm looking no. at her file on the forum right now, and she's a griffin.
0: What have y'all done to her? Oh my gosh! Well, she even drew the little um.
5: The ziracorn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have Just all there is to it. I'm I'm very heartbroken.
2: Yeah, I think I may have accidentally changed it on the roster. I think I switched her to uh to Unicorn as well. I may have to have to go back in and switch it to Griffin. Yeah, fix
0: that. Yeah. Everyone knows that the House of Unicorn is uh the best house that uh, Nora offers. So there you go.
1: And remember you can subscribe to the new Outriders podcast on iTunes um, just search for new outriders in your iTunes list and you'll find it you can also subscribe in every other podcast manager with the RSS feed in the link please leave feedback on the shows um, we don't want to feel like we're talking to a vacuum so um, you know give us some votes on iTunes leave feedback on the forum do do something um, let us know we're not talking to ourselves I mean I can see from the stats that we're not but you know, please come talk to us. We want to engage with you. That's that's why we made the show in the first place.
0: Right, and if you ever want to be a guest on the podcast, um, you have but to ask. We'd love to have you.
1: Right, and I'm sure we'll have Tundra on for a third straight episode next time. Yeah, <laughs> to the Neverwinter Glue event.
2: Oh yeah. yes, that is coming up. Uh, yeah, at some point do does that.
6: he just not become regular? You know, become a regular? You know, host.
2: To-
1: I believe after this next one we're gonna have a Tundra moratorium.
0: Awesome.
1: We have a Lazarian moratorium. No.
0: You
2: were gone
1: you were gone for the weekend and we were just assuming the forum was going to explode.
2: Yeah, right. Oh no, I think he did a lot of work while he was gone. That wiki page grew uh, considerably while he was out of town.
1: I did do some tinkering with Wiki.
0: There we go.
1: Alright, everybody give me a Hail Noor and we will sign off.
2: Hail Noor. Hail nor, Hail nor,
1: Hail nor, Hail nor. Hail, nor. Hail, nor. Hail, nor.
0: hail New Outriders.
6: Hail Noor. Good night, everybody.